Hey everyone, welcome back to Vampire Weekday. Once again, I'm joined by my co-host Kevin as we take on California English Part 2, the bonus track off of Contra. It was actually a B-side for the single Cousins, right? Yes, I was thinking about this because how often do bands and artists these days do non-album, non-soundtrack releases? Mm Because that's what this is. You know, it's a it's a b-side and i'm curious if there's ever like a physical copy of this circulated you know because otherwise like it's funny to think of it as a b-side but it's like bands used to do this all the time and if, i feel like it doesn't really happen anymore well also but, didn't this technically come out before california english part one because of that well now i want to know because sometimes sometimes singles are released after the fact yes it, came, like out, a, it like, came out before so this came out in November 17, 2009, and California English came out January 11, 2010. I would love being disappointed by part one after hearing part two. I think <laughs> that would be just, just a wonderful thing to experience in real time. I mean, they are sonically different, so... Um, yeah, because this one's better. Really? <laughs> I think this is way better. Yeah. I... I don't know. I'm not as big a fan of this song as most are, I think. California English Part 1 was like fringe bottom two for a while. Yeah, that's fair. I just think both are not my ideal for Vampire Weekend songs. I think this this is solidly mid-tier for me. I uh, When I was getting ready this morning, I, I, I played this song and then I shuffled a couple songs on Contra and like it totally fits with the album. I mean, that's like, true. musically, it's right there. Yeah, that is fair. Yeah, someone on Pitchfork when writing about this B-side said, things you don't expect to hear on a Vampire Weekend song, gunshot sounds, blissed out animal collective synths. So, it's a little I, weird. If, well, the thing is, in hindsight, this isn't super weird. But at the time, this was... I think their, I think Cousins was their first single, or maybe it was Hurtada, but it was one of their first singles after the first album. And so imagine listening to this after only hearing the first LP. Because that yeah, it's would be kind of, different. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like, okay, so it looks like Orchada was released first, and then Cousins. Yeah. So um third song you heard off the album but yeah you're right it's kind of like the same deal where you know you went six years and then you hear lp4 and it's like yeah. this is very very different you know you're right this is this is a this is a departure from what they did fairly consistently on lp1 yeah it definitely has very much uh rostam vibes throughout totally. it so there's actually a tweet by rostam in 2018 talking about this song where he says California English Part 2 was written in 2009 and released on vinyl in 2010. So there's your So there was a physical release. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then he says, probably my favorite Vampire Weekend song. Played Ezra the beat and he wrote the verses in a couple hours. We needed a B-side. The whole thing was done in in the afternoon up today on all platforms. That's pretty baller. They did it that quickly. It's always fun when artists do something that's like pretty good like very very quickly yeah yeah they 
the Kanye documentary that I was telling you about earlier this week, there's actually a scene where Kanye is talking about how when he played the beat for H to the Izzo for Jay-Z. Yeah. Because he produced most of Blueprint. He, I think he produced three songs. Yeah. Because um, somebody else took care of production otherwise. But I mean, like, he did Izzo, he did Heart of the City, and he did one other. So, like, the bangers were Kanye's. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, but yeah, Kanye's just talking about how he played him the beat. And Jay-Z just pretty much immediately leans over to him and he's like, H to the Izzo. <laughs> and so no, he just like had it like right away. It's funny because I think someone, I saw somebody tweeted yesterday, like the whole story in Last Call, like totally happened. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is pretty sick, I thought. I, um, I, I recently read Jeff Tweedy's book, How to Write One Song, which was written a couple mm. of years ago. And it talks about his process. I don't think I told you about this. Awesome no. book. It took me like a week to read. Um, and it's a process, but if you prescribe to a songwriting process of collecting ideas, writing them down, like figuring things out, and then it's time to write a song, you could see how that could come together fairly quickly yeah. when you know what's like there for you because you might already have the ideas and it's just a question of putting them together so are you ready to write songs after reading that book um n- n- no i <laughs> no the, the lyrics part escapes me i mean i you probably know this you can just make stuff up on the bass and the guitar like pretty quickly and it's like yeah. oh this could kind of be a melody but the, the lyrics thing and then you know like fitting it all together like that's still like a, a miracle to me so then what's your producer But it's not, name? it's not, what's that? What's your producer name then? Um, ask me at the end of the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. But yeah, I, go, going into the song, I definitely think it's interesting listening to this when you have California English part one side by side with it. Mm-hmm. It definitely feels like part one is this kind of the sarcastic take on California culture, kind of making fun of it and poking fun at it. It's critical. It's totally critical. Yeah. While this, even though it's talking about the same exact stuff in terms of substance, it's in more of a nostalgic way in my, my sense. I completely agree. I, I, I completely agree. Um, and it's like, I think we talked about this when we did the first California English, but there is so much going on in LA, in SF at like all times that if you are a young person with even some agency, it's very hard for something not significant to feel like it's happening to you. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I think like, that like kind of romanticized like pop culture image of the California youth, the California teenager is totally a real thing. And it might not be real for everybody, but I think that idea is very, very real. You know, like I had it and then I lived in LA for three months. It's like, oh, I get it now. I'm curious if you feel similarly, but like it is a thing. And as much as I don't want to live in LA again, I'm incredibly nostalgic for it because Mm. it's hard to capture that feeling. Yeah, so... Palo Alto is a whole different animal than San yes. Francisco is my answer. 
So Palo Alto is suburban NIMBY land. So yeah, uh, <laughs> which has been well. I don't think it really compares. So is Berkeley too, which is just yes. a whole other story. But yeah, man. that Berkeley lawsuit just so ridiculous. Listen, listen, folks. Let people build houses, okay? It's not that complicated. Let, let people, people build, build houses. houses and let people get a good education out of state school. It's pretty. It's, we these, are. These yeah, are we not are, controversial takes here. I, 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 yeah, I was going to say it shouldn't be controversial that Nico and I are pro letting people do things. <laughs> yeah, we're we're very much. Uh, what's the term? Yimbies. Yimbies. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, now we're now you're peaking my other interests, but we can keep those for a separate show if you want to. <laughs> As I sit in my probably highest run in the nation per square foot apartment. Yeah, yeah, totally. I thought that was Morrissey Hall. <laughs> well, well, no Isn't that actually humor. per square foot the most expensive real estate in the state of Indiana? I'm pretty uh, sure it is. It's gotta be. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, I didn't think Morrissey Manor. Excuse me. Excuse me. Someone's 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 sounding off in the comments right now. I can imagine. Yeah, those those dorm rooms were tiny. Um, <laughs> I speaking of college experiences, so I don't I don't even know if we need to run through lyric by lyric this song because it's kind of just a vibe that it's going for. Um, but why is a taco shop in Columbia at Columbia University referenced in a song about California? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because that verse in particular is very California. Mm-hmm. And, you know, until you do some research, Taqueria Fondas could very easily be someplace in Los Angeles. You know, like, there's no reason it couldn't be. I mean, yeah. LA has incredible Mexican food. Um, I don't, you know, I don't really have a good answer for you. I mean, maybe it's like tying together the nostalgia of it. You know, that's what like, I was thinking. Everyone's gonna have that favorite restaurant from college. I think that's what it is. You know, you're just tying together. We're nostalgic about all these things. That versus might be my favorite in the entire song. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think it's just nostalgia kind of blends together at a certain point to where the things you remember fondly, you don't even remember them fully. Mm-hmm. And so. It's easy. How do you feel think. about how do you feel about Ezra's delivery? Because in California part one, we had that like it was very quick, but it was, you know, it was precise language and it was, you know, higher pitched. This is very much a like lower, like almost mumble thing. Yeah. It reminds me of what Elvis Costello would do this sometimes and some of his new wave stuff. That's kind of what it felt like at times. Um it's a similar delivery pace wise, but it's less clear. Does that say anything to you? Mm, yeah. So I think it factors into what I was kind of hinting at with the production earlier, how it creates this kind of dreamy, nostalgic atmosphere. Yeah. Altogether. Okay. As opposed to California English part one, which is very, feels very rushed and frantic and not at home but like california english too it's like okay like we're here like we're kind of relaxed we're kind of in a dream but not really so it's like it's lulling you into it mm-hmm. whereas part one is like proclaiming something it's very much making a case it is funny saying that as like gunshots are part of the production which is so weird <laughs> 
it's like yeah very relaxed you have the gunshots in the background you know <laughs> well i mean there were gunshots in hudson too and that was a very like grand and low and slow singing style as well mm-hmm. different album though completely different album yeah uh, is are there any specific lyrics you want to dive into i i mean i think i personally think these are worth going through i mean we can i mean we can at least Lead the talk way. about them i mean and i guess you're right it's not necessarily line by line but it's more verse by verse that first verse where we talk about the girl in the baggy sweaters tight neon tights t-shirt big letters juxtaposed with this very you know domestic suburban image of the dog with the heart-shaped collar mm-hmm. you know it's it's joining those two worlds and someone on genius referenced a blog post of ezra's i didn't get to read the whole thing actually it sounds like you read the whole thing but it's coupling this idea of and a lot of music has talked about this a lot of television shows have talked about this i was reading a book about los angeles in the mid-70s but you had this cultural shift of the 60s specifically the late 60s as this time of immense cultural you know you know polarization and so much in the fray and very little came of that immediately you know mm-hmm. and it's a question of you know as you're growing older how do you reconcile some of that and there's a lot of remnants of that in california because a lot of that happened there you know um and it's kind of interesting to see how you have the domestic side of this, and then you have the you know countercultural side of it in the same place. Yeah, as we referred to it as because post- I mean California. I mean to borrow a term you used is 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 like primo NIMBY land. I mean like mm-hmm. you drive everywhere. I mean it's super low density. Yeah. Um, I'll spare my I'll spare my words about Los Angeles, <laughs> but I mean. <laughs> yeah, as we referred to it as post-hippie domestication yes which is a Um, great term great great term yeah it's definitely what what how were they referred to yippies i think the yippies hippie to i think it was like hippies grew up to be yippies oh yeah i see what you're saying i don't remember what the acronym was but um essentially it was like the business types that used to be hippies the name of the blog for anyone who's, who's curious um, is called Internet Vibes. With the title is Post Hippie Domesticity. It was dated November 11th of 2005. Yeah. Hmm. Also, finding a blog spot like website is just unbelievably nostalgic. The amount of times Ezra used the word vibe in that blog, kind of crazy. vibe. Yeah, I I love, and this happens with friends too. They'll find a word they like, and it's like you just want to say like maybe use it one time less you know what i mean but hey you have to write bad before you write good so <laughs> whatever so yeah he's me. a post about the saint patrick's day massacre he's a post about heart of dark i gotta read some of this stuff this is very interesting mm. yeah interesting and then he he posts the um the crosby stills nash and young album which i think i've 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 heard this talked about in other contexts, when you look at songs like Our House and Teach Your Children about hippies growing up. So, I mean, he's hitting the same notes. I think I think that makes a lot of sense. It's like, you're allowed to need to be nostalgic, but also recognize that like it's a different world now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I really like that verse because it couples those two things. Um, I'm not really sure what to make of the Arizona Palm Springs verse. 
I don't know if you got anything out of that. Yeah, I think it's talking about the relationship that's happening here. Um, I dream the dreams I have when I hold her near Palm Springs were struck by boulders because they look like skull and bones. So maybe there's this sort of foreshadowing of doom and gloom with the boulders looking like skull and bones. Because what boulders look like skull and bones? No boulders. And so, like, they're forcing that onto it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think maybe it's foreshadowing the doom of that relationship. Yeah, I don't think the relationship is the key part to the song. It's No, I think it's, it's, but... it's about nostalgia. Mm-hmm. It's less about, yeah, it's less about the specifics. It's more about the idea. Yeah. Yeah, nostalgic. Nostalgia, probably top five theme throughout Vampire Weekend's discography. Totally. And it's funny because a lot of other bands have explored nostalgia. You know, like Summer of 69 has been a song for a very long time now. But what is it about this songwriting and this mechanism of delivery that makes it different? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why, why does this feel like a more unique take? Is it more poetic? Is it a little bit more, it's less storytelling and more like we're giving you something without saying something directly. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's the poetic nature of it. I think if you put this in a book of poems, I wouldn't really think twice. Yeah, that's a good point. But if you put the lyrics to Summer of 69 in a poem book, I yeah, think that would be a little weird. Be a little weird, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um. When I saw the half the barbers, half the Rondas lyric, that made me that made me smile because of the Beach Boys. Oh but, yeah, that was a that great. Was pretty, that was great pretty reference. Cool. So someone on Genius, I don't think this is the case, but I should mention it. Said Skull and Bones is a reference to the secret society at Yale called the Scale. Ugh, Skull and Bones. Can't talk today. I just feel like that would take away from the song. You know, like that's that's a meaningless reference. Yeah, I mean, unless you unless you're sometimes. seeing what's that? They put meaningless references and sometimes, sure, I especially mean... like we did Giant like a long time ago now, but that yeah. was another bonus track that like really wasn't about anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about um, the Metallica's one reference within a song that really doesn't have to deal with it. But... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I don't think it actually is referencing that, but mm-hmm. it is because they didn't even go to Yale. Like, it would be something no, if it, they were. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Connecticut's not real. Connecticut's not real if you don't let it be. <laughs> I, we just I, all so have I've, to agree to not let it exist. I'm very fortunate that I've, I've been to like probably. There's probably only seven or eight states I haven't been to. I want Connecticut to be the only state I haven't been to. Yeah, like when, right. when it comes to time. No, I haven't been to Rhode Island. So like I got to find a way to go to Rhode Island without going to Connecticut, which I don't know how, how difficult it's going to be, but I'll see what I can in. do. Fly in or drive down from Boston. Um, yeah. I've also never been to Delaware and like they have beaches, I guess, but I, what is I'm trying Delaware, to think of it. Like 50 square miles. It's really small. I'm trying to think of 
I'm trying to think of like, what's a reasonable excuse I'd have to go to Delaware. And I can't think of one, you know? Yeah. I mean, to who, say that I've who been, it I guess. played for the Delaware football team. Um, Some NFL QB. Was it Joe Flacco? Did so. Joe Flacco go to Delaware? I think that's the fighting right. blue hens. Didn't Mike Bray yes. go to Delaware too? He Joe Flacco went University to Delaware. University of New Delaware. Not, uh, not It's just Delaware. Oh, really? Yeah, University of Delaware. Why did I think New Delaware? Oh fighting my gosh, blue hens. Delaware University. I'm going to see what other famous alums they have. And we're not cutting this. <laughs> who, who did I you know. say coached there? Mike Bray, didn't he? Oh, basketball, yeah. Um, I, uh, Joe Biden, Jill Biden. Um, Wait, Joe, Joe Biden Flacco. went to Delaware? Yeah. You what? didn't know that? I guess I kind no. of forgot about that, but like, I, I think I knew that. Um, Some of the colleges the presidents went to are kind of kind of wild when yeah. you look into it. Like Chris obviously, Christie. there's like a lot of like IVs, but then like after if it's not an IV, it's usually like a very out there school. Yeah, Elena Della Dunn, because there's so there's so many random like liberal arts colleges in the East. Mm-hmm. Rich Gannon, 2002 NFL MVP, appeared in Super Bowl 37 for the Oakland Raiders. He was MVP? Wow, okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, that's the University of Delaware's famous alums, folks. Um, what do you make of the last two verses of the song? I know that there's the reference to how many nations think that they own you, which I think is pretty... I clearly took that to mean like there were native peoples here and then the Spaniards and then the Americans. I didn't think there was anything beyond that. Mm. Um, did you see anything else in these last two verses that really struck you? I didn't think it was colonialism, but now I do now that you bring it up. Okay. What did you think um, it was? Just a reference to how there's like little, little Chinatown, little Italy, little like all these like little communities within the cities um of, yeah uh, i guess that's fair that, like that the very... san gabriel valley yeah i i don't disagree it was like the san gabriel valley where i lived when i was in la is like the highest percentage of asian population outside of you know mainland asia basically um so you're probably right there's probably like it, it is probably something like that i guess i thought of it more of like it's changed hands so many times no i also, think you're right it could be I think it's about. I also when. Okay. Yeah, when I when I saw the line, "How many simple minds think the same?" I immediately thought of simple minds. Don't you forget about me. And then I was thinking about if Breakfast Club was in California, and I don't know if it was, but I think so. I think the whole the whole spies. John Hughes thing is very much on display in this song, so. Mm. I'm going to make that connection. I'm asserting that connection. Huh. Yeah, I've never really thought about where it was. I I just assumed Northeast in general. I guess I just assume California. That, I assume that every John Hughes movie is in Chicago, but I, I you can't know that for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, I have, I have no clue. There was... Yeah, I, I guess... I didn't think of the, like, exchanging ownership type thing just because Texas is the king of how many different countries owned it at one point. Yeah, um, including I its mean, own. There's, there's literally the theme park Six Flags, which started in Texas and is in reference to how many flags have flown over Texas at some point. I had no idea. Seriously? Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yep. But there's only, if you go, there's only five flags shown because one was the Confederacy. So, and they don't want to show that because this was only recently that they removed it, though. So, well, no, no understandably, <laughs> like I mean, 2010. You saw, you saw what Mississippi's flag was until what was it last year they changed their flag? Yeah. Power and then, like, football, baby. And then the other one is like, look at the state of Alabama flag. I have not. Look at that. It's, it's simple, but like, Wait, it's just X? that red cross. Oh, oh I guess yeah. they, I guess it was something more sinister previously. Um, oh. Interesting. Oh, and then like University of North Carolina, the Tar Heels, that's like a Civil War reference. Yeah. Screw them. The new Mississippi flag is so good, though. It's so clean. I love it. The, the magnolia. Yeah, it's very pretty college football wow it wouldn't have happened if Ole Miss and Mississippi State hadn't joined hands and met with the state leaders totally it they're they're affecting change um if only we can get the University of Texas to get rid of the whole eyes of Texas thing but I mean you know we'll get there when we get there um (laughs) (laughs) what a time anywho yeah I I really like the line the girl was this girl is the girl that the girls in your world thought about just because I don't know. I like repetition. There's, there's a Frank ocean line. That's kind of similar where, um, let me find the actual line. So he says dreaming a thought that could dream about a thought that could think of the dreamer that thought that could be think of it that could think of a dreaming and getting a glimmer of god i'd be dreaming a dream and a thought that could dream about a thought that could think of dreaming a dream where i cannot where i cannot reminds me of the have you ever had a dream that you that you um <laughs> you wish you could do so much that you could do anything kid um, <laughs> that's a so fantastic meme yeah um I'll take it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. That yeah. Like... But it's, um, it's the same. In that song, it's the same vibe where it's in this establishing a sense of nostalgia and dreaminess throughout. I think part of what it also is doing is like, you know, people have this idea of the California dream. And then you have to realize that those people too are also dreaming, you know, mm. it's not something that's like, it's hard to see it being like tangibly realized, you know what I mean? But you mm. think about how like everybody's got their wants, everybody's got their, you know, their ideal somewhere out there. Yeah. So do you think this 
is an illusion. This whole song is just an illusion to the song California Dreamin' by the Mamas and the Papas. I mean, it's a continuation of the same idea. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're telling a joke or not, but I mean, like, it's kind of it's it's kind of the same deal. I think it's exploring that same theme more deeply. Yeah, it was half joke, half real. <laughs> It's 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 still totally a thing. Like I don't think I want to like live in California again, but it's still this like you know what if kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, you're in an interesting position. But that's the thing you you've locked yourself in for a finite amount of time, which is pretty cool, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like it's not very often in life you get to lock yourself into those things where it's like I'm going to be here for X amount of time, and then I know it's done, and then I can move on to next thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Truly. Really, final thoughts on the song? I like it. Um, I think it'll be. I think it's solidly mid-tier as a song. Uh, I think it's cool to view it from this nostalgia lens. Now that we've analyzed the lyrics, um, this was a pleasure of an episode. Not gonna lie, I think this is the first song that I like less after analyzing. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know. I, I've never really liked it. And after listening to it a couple times straight, I'm just like, eh, I could go without it. <laughs> I don't think it's Hudson Tear, but it's it's close. Hudson Tear. Hudson, wow. Hudson, like there's like a tier list. Maybe instead of do we've talked about just ranking every single song at the end. We could do tears. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe we do <laughs> tears. One of those um, tier list memes were really popular a couple months ago. People were doing them on the Vampire Weekend subreddit, and it is amazing how varied the responses were. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should just make tiers that we can tweet from our page. I think a tier list would be fun. Yeah. Maybe we'll do an episode where we just make it in real time. <laughs> Well, you know what's going to happen is we're going to get LP5 by like probably the end of 2022. We're going to get a release date and we're oh, going to yeah. be done with the show in a couple of weeks. So there will be a point where we'll be getting the itch. Yeah. Definitely. You know what I mean? And yeah. we'll, we'll, ha- we'll have it. We'll, ha- we'll want to have some content. True. We're not, you can't, you can't kill us yet, folks. <laughs> we're not done yet. <laughs> Favorite lyric. Ooh, you go first. The this girl is the girl that the girls in your world thought about. I, I'm now realizing the rhyme between girls and world, and it's like <laughs> it's just it's like a tongue twister. Um, I'm gonna go with half the barbers, half the Ron. Does is there something there? That's a good line. Yeah, love, love a good Beach Boys reference in there. Huge. And then top five. Uh, this life, stranger. Everlasting arms. Let's go. White sky, and then flower moon. Go. Don't lie. Um, everlasting arms. Flower moon. Uh, unbearably white. Spring snow. Bang. Bangers. Our hat for this week. Is Notre Dame basketball because they're playing here in about 30 minutes. First in the ACC. Finally make the tournament again. First time. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Since what? Our our freshman year. Freshman year? Yeah, because remember we like 
Yeah, we barely beat sophomore. Princeton. Yeah. We barely beat Princeton, and then we got soundly beat by West Virginia in the round of 32. The game was so frustrating. Oh, because, I mean, we've never been able to play against the press, and it's very evident this year, but, like, we can't play against the press. Yeah, I I watched that at home during spring break. I did, too! And I think that was the first time my mom heard me, like, just, like, cuss a bunch. Because <laughs> like, I was just so mad. I just didn't care. <laughs> Oh, tough. Oh, yeah. yeah. Song song of the week. My favorite, Yahe. Dang, Spoil, he knows it's his favorite. Spoiler I think, is there any sense in which it could, is there any chance it becomes your not favorite after next week? Is there <laughs> it, any it chance? It follows the California English Part 2 pipeline. Trend. Yeah, Nico's become disillusioned with his favorite band. I mean, yeah, maybe. He, he realizes yeah. he realizes that his discography is finite. He realizes it's something that can be achieved, and he loses all hope for what for what this band can offer Over until last... we get the math rock free jazz LP five. <laughs> Over the last five songs, I grew to hate Vampire Weekend. <laughs> oh, man, man. Um, yeah, no. If if people haven't seen, there's a video that came out recently of Ezra playing. Uh, the guitar on a beach and he's doing some math rock so uh, some dude the some dude in the comments said it wasn't ezra i'm gonna pull up the video right now and what there's no I think way it, i think it's ezra i'm watching no. it again i'm watching it again there is no way yeah it's ezra <laughs> he's like so i when did i send this to you i'm having trouble finding it like a few days ago so okay the guy who has 19 upvotes saying this is not ezra for anyone wondering maybe and then uh, i don't know why would he say that i, right? I so it's, it's just a youtube video this. i guess it's like oh here we go i'm gonna copy the link and then uh, pull it up on YouTube. Actually, I don't think you it's don't Ezra. Think it's... <laughs> it, it really looks like him, though. Yeah, it does. No, it's it's this guy who has this YouTube channel. If you go to his YouTube channel, you, you realize it's not him. It looks well, like now him, I though. Feel... Okay, sorry, guys. We're not getting math rock on LP5. It looks a lot like him. Yeah, they're... <laughs> There's actually, um, I saw on Facebook the other day, um, someone, like I, I friends with my high school orchestra teacher, and he was um, posting about their school, the school musical they're doing this year. Yeah. And the lead for that musical looks exactly like Ezra. And it's so oh weird. I was like, why is Ezra in a high school musical of uh, school uh, or sound of music? A couple of months ago, I went to a jazz club on the north side. Shout out the Green Mill. Um, and the guy who was the band leader, this is like a Tuesday night. So they had like this kind of like, it was kind of this folkier kind of group. Mm-hmm. The guy, the band leader, spitting image of Tim Robinson. Like it was <laughs> scary. It was really scary. <laughs> Those are always so fun when they're just like. Because I'm like, do you think he knows that he's associated with something that's like, very very different than how he's presenting himself <laughs> right now like <laughs> uh, 
I what show? I saw Tim Robinson in a show recently. I was just like, this is so weird to see him outside of. I think you should leave. At he was uh, was he a writer on SNL for a while? Yeah, I think okay. so. Oh yeah, this was um the show I was watching, Man Seeking Woman with Jay Baruchel, and it's a comedy, but it was just still so weird seeing him play like a character that's not insane. Totally, totally. <laughs> also, seeing Connor O'Malley for the first time in um. I think you should leave because I, I found his videos after I watched the series and then I saw him again. It's like, oh my God, that's him. That was pretty Wait, who's funny. Who's Connor O'Malley? He's the guy who made the Irish mob and then Ridleyville Cubs Playboys videos that I showed you. Yeah, but who's he playing? I think he should leave. He plays the music producer um, in the one episode where Tim's character is like, I thought my record was going to be a hit. And then he said he was going to get in his Q zone. Was this the this one where it's one. like the skeletons are moving? No, 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 not that one. It's another one from <laughs> season one. Um, and it's it, it was it's he's like this producer, like radio guy for hire. He was also in a couple other episodes, but that was, I think, his most memorable role in the show. <laughs> Let me find this. I think you should leave. Oh, he's also <laughs> he's also the honk of your horny guy. Oh my gosh, you're right. That's that's Connor. Dang. That was such a funny sketch. Yeah, that show's so good. If anyone hasn't watched the show, there's there's Vampire Weekend links in there, so like we can talk about it. Because we talked about Dangerous Nights. Yeah. Yeah, like a while ago when it first came out. Yeah. If anyone hasn't watched the show, and then you, you got it. One of my one of my Chicago friends very quickly came up with dangerous afternoons, which is way funnier. <laughs> when you, you and the boys are just out in the town on the afternoon. <laughs> oh man, yeah, beautiful, beautiful show. Anyway, from Chicago too. Hell yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's that's it, folks. Tune in, tune in next week for more riffing. <laughs> See you guys.